0: Hey guys, welcome to Industry 4.0. This is episode 14. Uh, I'm joined by a smaller audience today. We weren't able to get Ryan and Kyle on the podcast. My condolences go out to both of you if you are listening to this episode. Um, but I am joined today by Jeff Budzinski and Irvin. And I don't know why I had to use Budz's last name, but it's okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we got to... It's a little bit of a quieter week in technology this week. Um, Not a whole lot happened, um, but there have been some announcements, at least from the FCC, Facebook. We have a couple of announcements from AMD and HBO. And we also have a newcomer to the tech space, IKEA, coming up in this first half. So to start off, um, you guys all remember when Twitter got that deal with the NFL to stream NFL games and have the ability to, um, play football games on their, on their site. Well, now Facebook is getting into this game. Also, they obviously see a lot of money to be made in ad revenue and in original content. And they're going to begin rolling out their own video suite, um, per this article that we have on the verge. Um, and it even includes a deal with the MLB to stream uh, one live game per week. So anybody have any thoughts on this new rush of social media trying to kind of blend itself with video content and content distribution in, in this way? Or it's, it's interesting to see all of these other sites kind of jumping in, like Twitter or Facebook.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean... It's not just me, there's these social media companies that are trying to get into it. It's, it seems like literally every single person is trying to get into this online streaming, original content space. Um, so now we have Facebook added to the bunch recently. Apple's doing original content. They want right. to do their own shows.
0: Kind of alongside the... You guys heard about that deal with Netflix that Disney's now pulling out of Netflix. Yeah. So there's been like some pretty major movement this week in the video streaming services. Both Facebook joining in and um, Netflix losing some of its services, and I so it's it's gonna. You're, I think you're gonna see this like large. It's gonna be like a golden age of original content on various streaming services, and whichever one ends up sticking or getting the best original content will survive, and all the rest will die out.
1: So yeah, I mean, social watching is kind of becoming like a thing. Like I know on Twitter, I go if I'm watching like a live event typically have twitter up and see what other people are talking about uh follow, follow certain hashtags and and see what other people are saying and it's all sometimes even more fun than that it's I what think. we're doing now i mean yeah pretty it's much the live
0: yeah. thing so we have yeah we like, everyone's trying to get into streaming to improve ad revenue to make themselves heard and there's a uh apparently they were saying like it looks like they're going to be including like some mini-sodes, like tiny episodes and like small little bits from some of the more popular Facebook pages. Um, they were saying there's going to be a category. There's going to, it's going to be broken up into a section of categories on this tab that they're calling the Watch tab. And it's going to replace their current video tab that they have on Facebook. And the categories that they're breaking it into are what friends are watching, most talked about, and what's making people laugh. And they also mentioned that there's another category for videos longer than 10 minutes, which I think is where they're going to put all of this original content and those MLB streams. Um, And maybe there's probably going to be some overlap, but it's just it's weird to see that Facebook of all of these companies is um, jumping into this. I thought if anything, they would have worked to deal out with an existing one or something like that that had a little bit more of an established like foundation in this service.
1: Yeah, and this makes sense because they just launched maybe a couple of months ago on a T, uh, an app for the Apple TV and Android TV, that you can download and uh, view like videos that people have posted. Mm-hmm, right. Um, on your Facebook feed, so you can just watch it right on your TV. And now this ties pretty much perfectly into this, so you can just transition into watching these kind of shows, um, right from there, not just the videos that are on your feed that are shared by your friends.
0: Mm-hmm. And. That being said, um, I'm not really sure um, how much I'm going to be invested in Facebook content. I hardly find myself on Facebook as it is. Um, I could see it, that being said, I could see it still getting a deep, deep like revenue source for Fa- be turning into this for Facebook. But myself, I don't know if with, you have services like YouTube, you have Netflix, Hulu, HBO um youtube tv also to jump into this um i just don't know i think this might be even too late like i feel like it's too late now that i'm like trying to think about this because you have amazon you have all these other services that have such great original content that people talk about daily and look forward to like hbo has game of thrones um amazon has man in the high castle um netflix has stranger things and now they have i think it's i think the ozarks is a netflix exclusive they have so many original shows that are coming out and i just don't know if facebook will be able to i think it'll be like twitter it'll be kind of off to the wayside
1: extra stuff they have the cash to invest and try to see what sticks
2: i don't know if i agree man they're kind of no no, I mean, think okay. about this. Like, what was Amazon at first? It They were a book retailer, I mean, and then they moved I mean, into I mean, the online yeah. market space and then got into streaming. Uh, Netflix <laughs> was sending DVDs to people and then sending, you know, they had other people's content online before they started making shows. Mm-hmm. I don't think Facebook's yeah. too late. And a bigger pi- uh, part of the picture is that as a social media network, people talk about movies and shows that they watch on there. It's going to be interesting to kind of have Facebook jump in the middle of that, where it is the the social media network. On which people primarily discuss shows and movies mm-hmm. that now is offering them. So instead of just yeah. seeing what your friends share, you're going to see what everyone else is sharing, even yeah. if you're not friends with them or what everyone else mm-hmm. likes. And you're able to kind of go like grab that yourself instead of having to dig for it more. Um, right, right. With that being said, I am yeah. I don't know how much I'm going to like it either, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. so.
0: Yeah, I, a part of me wants to think that this won't be as heavily targeted towards like the millennial demographic or targeted towards younger people in general. I think it, where it's going to find its deepest revenue set is in people who spend most of their time on Facebook or get most of their there's, there's probably a, a good population of people out there who view Facebook as the Internet. <laughs> yeah like they they go on facebook and then they go on and check their email and then that is their only experience with the internet that's
1: where they get their news that's where they get mm-hmm. what their friends are up to that's where they find recipes to what cook online like those video loops that people that they have on there uh mm-hmm. I don't, yeah a lot of people use that's all they're on is facebook yeah
0: we're starting to see these this like weird bit of time where All these companies are buying different services so they can have as broad of a blanket as possible. And I don't know if it's Facebook has already been accused of spreading misleading news content. I'm wondering if they're like if they're going to put the same amount of effort into ensuring that the content that gets put into this video service is top quality like. God forbid they ever get into news distribution. Like, it says they're doing like some fun videos like recipes and MLB games and stuff like that. But that's that's very like face value content. Mm-hmm. It'll be more interesting if they get
1: things like news streaming services to have like news broadcasts on there. I think the, or even if they had like stuff that wasn't good. Like, you know how many shows that Netflix is doing? Like, yeah, you really haven't heard like. <laughs> Maybe half of them, perhaps, and the other half are like really niche stuff that Mm -hmm. are doing really well in a certain demographic. But you would never hear about them because you don't really care about whatever niche thing that that uh, particular video or or show is is, uh, going towards. Um, As long as they keep shows that a certain group of people on Facebook are really watching or really into, and I think that'll uh, work out. That being said, Mark Zuckerberg,
0: if you're looking for a tech news source, we mm-hmm. are available for hire. Yeah. If you wanted to,
2: and pick st- us up, <laughs> <we're> stri- strikingly <laughs> handsome as well. So yeah, just, just putting that out <laughs> there. Our dashing news group. We could have
0: <laughs> the content to put up there. But um, I think that it, it. That being said, in all seriousness, it it will be interesting to see where this goes, how Facebook does, and if and ever they ever decide to leave this if it's not working for them because like i said it's very possible that the market is saturated and people just don't want to watch more videos on other services but Definitely that being point, yeah. said the exact opposite could be the, could be the case and other services could die because facebook entered
1: this market so i they think it'll be something huh they have a lot of power yeah they, they do influence they have 2 billion people on there
0: they tried to give india internet like they tried to create True. Internet portal for India. No, thank you. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, they, we don't want our internet coming from one company that has financial interests in that product. Like it's literally a product. Yeah, sure. So. But it'll be something worth keeping track of and definitely something to bring to the attention of anybody who does use Facebook because this is going to be a new service they'll see. So, anybody listening, keep an eye out for the watch tab that will be coming to Facebook.
1: Right uh um, being... not like a separate app.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be built in app, which actually is an advantage because I know people who do complain about having all these apps for different services.
1: Yep oh yeah, that'll definitely put it in front of everyone. They don't have to go download on a separate app and mm-hmm. they can get it right in the regular Facebook app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when your
0: download caps may be limited to ten megabits per second standard according to uh, Chairman Ajit Pai, did you guys see that? Uh, you, I mean, it's in the show notes, so you did see the article. But yeah. <laughs> did you guys hear about this that was rolling out? I know, Irvin, you shared an article with me earlier today, talking about restrictions that they had on the internet.
2: Everyone's favorite and, word: restrictions.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is just one of the many things that we've warned about before in previous episodes, multiple times, and. Something that the FCC clearly wants to do, which is going—it's this—is flying in the face of it's over seventy thousand. I mean, it's a—it's in the millions now, I think. Right? Comments from the FCC uh, comment from the site where you could ta- comment on the removing the title to classification of was ISPs.
2: Go, was that to go FCC yourself that one or? Yeah, yeah,
0: that yeah. was um that was John Oliver's site yeah. that he created yeah. to kind of make the FCC chair site a little bit easier to navigate. Right, right. But um there's this article coming out on a, on digital trends that's stating that the FCC wants to classify mobile broadband by establishing standard speeds. So correct me if I'm wrong, mobile broadband is just the standard data service provided to your cell phone through like AT&T, Verizon, Sprint. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what they want to do, is, I guess they're trying to make wi-fi more competitive against mobile broadband by capping the mobile net speeds which is weird because if i am thinking of this correctly four 4g lte is faster than 10 megabits per second download
1: i so that we're would... just trying to define what mobile broadband means because they did this earlier Um uh or regular broadband so you're just for your cable or dsl connection they define Mm -hmm. broadband meant so i think they're just trying to define what mobile broadband is because there was and hasn't been uh, a classification to say hey this once you reach this speed then you can call it broadband
0: right but like the guy who agreed like when they agreed on these speeds was this like And was this, did they like dust off this agreement from 2004? Or is this like a modern, like, do they seriously think that 10 megabits per second is what people would actually want? Because that, um,
1: they might think it's enough.
0: Yeah. Because I saw people breaking down, um, there was a, there was a, this was, this kind of picked up speed on Reddit. And I was looking at some of the Reddit comments and people were saying that when you break this down, a 60 gigabyte download will take you 16 hours.
1: Oh my on a 10 on a 10 megabit speed um internet yeah. service on a mobile phone are you ever downloading 60 gigs are you, oh, you're, you're, already... Hitting, you're already hitting the limit if you're don't have unlimited which but
0: like what if you're downloading a spotify playlist for offline playback that can hit a gig that can hit so much like or that can you, or
2: if you want to download just... if you, you want to download a oh. You can download a video locally to your device too if you're about to get on a flight or something. That can be a Yeah, Netflix way.
0: has the offline service. And
2: speaking of Netflix, while I can interject here, uh, we talked actually uh, an episode or two ago about when Netflix got caught capping their data at 10 megabits per second. Do you remember that? That was Verizon
0: capping Netflix at 10 megabits. Uh, sorry,
2: that's what I meant to say. I missed yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah. And re- remember we said this could be something of news to come? <laughs> yeah look now we are the nostradamus of the, tech podcasts. the profits of tech podcast. Irvin, <laughs> go ahead i interrupted you oh uh, no no i was just gonna say that
1: yeah i mean sometimes you do download stuff that you might not be near a wi-fi connection where you're like hey i need this i'm going on an airplane or am i i know where i'm going somewhere where i don't have a, a stable internet connection so i'm gonna go ahead and download something but um don't know more the the unlimited accounts are becoming more and more common thanks to t-mobile and their aggressive move to get unlimited and now all the other carriers are getting bringing their unlimited plans back uh but um they still cap you if you reach like i think 23 gigs a month they start throttling you Mm -hmm. uh, down to uh 2g speeds which isn't fun um (laughs) that's another thing that the FCC uh, should fight or people should be outraged against.
0: Right. And they were saying, um, according to the FCC, mobile internet subscribers saw download speeds ranging from 8 megabits to 15 megabits during the second half of 2015. And they were saying that um, the mobile service providers, at and Verizon, for example, are beefing up there are unlimited data plans to accommodate the use of growing internet services. And um, I, whether they're pulling this from a national average or they're pulling this number just completely out of thin air or out of a pile of hot gas or something, I, it doesn't make any sense to have 10 megabits per second when like game, I, I know this is mobile only, but it's setting a, a standard that, I don't think we need to have set like at least like twenty, twenty-five, something like that, just so phone Because like even if you cap it lower, phones will be slower. Like, yep, not, not no rhyme intended, but the phones will inevitably have a harder time connecting to the internet. This will negatively impact battery life on phones because they're spending more time downloading from a slower internet
2: connection. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I'm interested about, yeah, the number they picked as well. Um, You know, obviously, as we all know, people are using mobile devices um, through these providers um, way more frequently than they did five or especially 10 years ago. Um, If you put this limit in place, do you think that it's like a way that they can advertise having a like unlimited data plan like you were just mentioning? So that basically, since it's slow speeds, it's not going to affect them that much because people aren't going to be downloading for that much of the day or like, I'm just trying to Mm -hmm. think like what, what angle they have here other than just like freeing up more bandwidth. It says,
0: uh, there's a, a sub article linked in this one, um, a cyber telecom, um, article saying that it's, it's part of their yearly investigation into the rate, at which internet connectivity is being deployed to the general American population, which includes things like download speeds and upload speeds. They were saying that in 2010, the basic broadband access had 4 megabits per second and an upload of 1, whereas in in 2015, it increased to 25 megabits down, 3 up. Um, But the one thing that they're not realizing is that over the air, this signal diminishes Mm -hmm. so starting it at 10 megabits per second means that if you depending on how far away you live from the tower you're gonna have a very hard time getting anything significantly reliable
2: right um and if you're inside of a building with bad signal or something like that yeah with no it's uh, everyone's
0: nightmare it's it's getting worse agipai is showing that he's not listening and I'm learning quickly that I'm right and that we're right and that I don't like the fact that we're right. And <laughs> yeah,
2: I would much rather we were wrong. I'd much rather this was not, like, be, not be something okay we could talk about. <laughs> What's that? I wish this wasn't something we were talking about. Yeah, I know. But that being said, and I will probably do
0: this at some point, there is a link within this uh, digital trends article to I know people are going to love to hear this. Yet another FCC um, proceeding. So once it's a proceeding number 17-199. And um, we'll pro- we can probably put that link separately in our show notes but and maybe post it on our Facebook. But this is open to comments. So people can post comments on the FCC site in the same way that you would have if you were commenting on net neutrality. So we we can we can tell them directly what we think about this so we still have that voice granted given recent history they've shown that they don't really care about what people <laughs> think but that being said the fact that you stop them put a comment in shows that you're trying calling your congressman cetera, showing them that it's important so
1: there's already 352 comments on this docket Mm-hmm. you just go ahead and, and follow that link within the article. You can find it in our show notes and, and um, make your own comment and what your opinion on this. So. Yeah.
0: And we can, I think you have to click the expand button, the plus expand, I think, in order to actually get to the proceeding and leave a comment. Mm-hmm. But don't let it deter you. You should go ahead and do that. It's a public comment. Everybody can view them. Everybody can read them. I mean, it's, it's important.
2: Yeah, if it's something you care about, a couple clicks won't hurt you. Plus, uh, mm-hmm. who knows, maybe they're looking to see how much people care.
0: Yeah, I will be certainly leaving a comment. So uh,
2: that being said, if you
0: guys want, we can transition into our newest contender into this is a company I don't think we've
2: ever mentioned on the show. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to chat about some light bulbs.
0: Yeah, Ikea is going to introduce... They are. They're working on their smart bulbs, which uh, this article on The Verge is saying that they're going to make them compatible with all of the current assistants for the home. So Google Home, Alexa, and Apple HomeKit. So they So that's. Interesting. These,
1: yeah, it's it's quite it's interesting that their IKEA is getting into this game. But they've had these smart light bulbs for mm-hmm. say about like six or seven months now. I've seen them in. The- oh really. Um, but they weren't compatible with any of the smart like assistants right. Yeah. So you had to get IKEA's like special app and control it on there, or you had to get like special switches that IKEA made to turn them off or on, which wasn't as convenient. Now that these uh, smart home type of devices like the Google Home Alexa and uh, HomeKit is available, now we can integrate it into our devices that we're already holding and. Uh, we can have the Google Homes that if you own one in your house and you just talk to it and say, turn off the lights in the living room, turn on the lights in the kitchen, things like that. Um, so now they're sending out software updates to the existing lights. Um, uh, turns out in the fall. So they accidentally posted on their Facebook page and also in their internal like support page that the update was live. Ah, uh, today, and they issued a correction later on the today that they're still working on it. It's not going to be actually available till uh, later this fall, but they definitely are working on uh, that integration, which which is going to be great. And they're a lot cheaper than um... they are actually. Yeah, I'm looking at the
0: IKEA listing now.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great way for people to get into the smart home that maybe they were rocked before they're like, uh, ah, this is the cost of getting into the, uh, smart home, smart house game, uh, was a little high. If you were like, wanted to do the Phillips hue bulbs, or there were some other competitions that were lowering the price, but like the Phillips Hues were probably the best, uh, in that, in that class. And now that we can see that Ikea's uh, getting into that smart home, uh, game and they've been mov- making moves. Uh, lately uh, into getting like higher tech stuff into their furniture they have they've started integrating wireless chargers into certain types of lamps or desks that they have my roommate has a uh,
0: wireless charging lamp
1: yeah uh, for so roommate, off right over there yeah outside, yeah over there right outside the view uh, that i have so if you have a compatible phone you just land and put it on there at night and in the morning it's all charged up no hustling with cables at uh, while uh, you're trying to go to bed yeah uh, so they've, been, they've been making moves to try to get into smart space and i think it's just it's good to have keep the lower the prices and see what other people are doing
0: i noticed they don't have colored bulbs yet so it's for right now it's just the the white light bulbs mm-hmm. but that being said even just having white light bulbs just taking existing bulbs and Putting them in rooms where you're not going to need to turn it into a nightclub every once in a while and like it's it's nice to have like we have the the white hue bulbs in our bedroom and it's nice to just be able to tell the home to turn the lights off at night like it's it's a nice to have it's a little more expensive but Ikea is proving here that it doesn't need to be that expensive so. I'd be interested in doing like a comparison, and there you go, increasing the lights in your room. There, <laughs>
1: There we go. I just turned on the uh, hue in the back that I have. yeah yeah. I, Is that the only bulb you have in your place? No, I have others in other rooms, but I can change the color. There we go. go oh, match nice. match our green that we have. there we go. The green. I like that,
0: and um, it's it's nice that they're. I wonder how how well like i'd be interested in seeing a comparison between the ikea trad free gateway and (laughs) the phillips hub and seeing like the comparisons and contrasts because hugh has been out for a while phillips is a big company they have a lot of money but so is ikea so it would be interesting to see if like comparing not only just the product itself, but like any companion apps that may come with it also.
1: So it looks like, and they're also integrating with the Philips Hue as well. So if you already have a Philips Hue system in your house, you can just add these Ikea bulbs right within the Philips app. So if you can mix and match uh, these different systems and all control it all within one app, that's great. Yeah. Uh, You don't have to get another hub or do any of that. You just add your lights all within one app if you already have a Philips 2 system get these ikea ones integrate everything uh together and control everything from one place Um, i have an echo dot in the other room so i may have to test uh, this out a little bit am i am (laughs) i reading
2: this correctly you get two led bulbs with this in this package Mm -hmm. yes Uh, how much Uh, is not on their site at the moment it's shown as 79.99 for what is it two Two bulbs a gateway and a remote control yeah,
1: that's, that's what the jet that's what the gateway but if you're if you don't need the gateway which you won't just bulbs. Uh, if, you, if you have the phillips hue system already then it's what that's
2: a good question 15 bucks
1: 15 know. the lowest one 15 bucks for one bulb i know the phillips hue ones cost 30 close to 40 if you get the colored ones wow mm-hmm. They, these are fifteen dollars and they're smart. Yeah. If they already have uh, like just expanding the.
0: I'm actually gonna correct you on that. I'm on the uh, Hue website, the Meet Hue website. Um, yeah. I think they're reacting to this. They just dropped the single white A19 bulb to fourteen ninety nine. Oh. And their starter kit, which includes two bulbs, is sixty nine ninety nine. So, I think Philips saw this and is trying to react to it. I- would make sense competition not to interrupt you but I, I was like i just wanted to compare just to see like what these prices are and phillips is undercutting them by ten dollars
1: so this totally makes sense i mean yeah this is what competition does and competition is always good
0: ladies yeah. and gentlemen we are watching a bidding war between phillips hue and ikea live <laughs> join us for the show <laughs> <laughs> this is actually this has never been a better time to try either one of these products when yeah. ten dollars you can i mean at ten dollars you you get the convenience of being able to pick this up like mid shopping like, actually while you're getting stuff for your furniture for your apartment or your house
2: i might have to go check this out tomorrow because there's an ikea on my commute home and i, <laughs> I right. think that would be pretty fun for my friday night really cool we now. could do
0: we could possibly, if we ever decide to start getting our reviews out, we could maybe do a comparison between the Philips Hue service standalone and the Ikea service standalone. Yeah. Like if you have an Ikea independent of the Philips Hue, just see which one truly. Is the Ikea worth the extra $10 or?
2: Good question. How is it? Uh, a from <laughs> side-by-side spec analysis and then actually seeing it in action, it would be interesting to see. Tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, it's because you were right. They were thirty dollars up to the last time I had checked, which was mm. a, like maybe a week ago. So yeah, this is a very recent change happening between Philips and IKEA. So I like this competition's good. See what it does. Like, if Hue bulbs are now fifteen dollars, healthy competition. <laughs> yeah. So everybody wins in this case. So if you like, if you already have a Philips system, get more Hue bulbs. If you if you want to try something new experiment with ikea see if it's a better service
2: imagine if there was like an ebay from the consumer perspective where it's like i'll buy buy your light bulb now for five dollars but you can bid down to what i'll buy it for (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure Uh, that's my imagination sorry (laughs) i'm curious now i really am
0: um and also the hue dimming kit is only 35 dollars uh oh they have a whole bunch of stuff okay I can get lost in this website for a yeah, while.
1: Going shopping during a break. Yeah.
0: <sighs> yep. I know what I'm doing. i <laughs> will come back with
2: a new mattress. <laughs> yeah. Come back with a mattress and like 20 bulbs. A smart mattress that makes your dog comfortable. Yes. Your doggo. <laughs> you want to give give a quick, uh, p- quick plug about that, Matt, before we enter our, our break here?
0: Yeah. So. As of yesterday, I am an I am an official dog owner. We have a lovely pit terrier mix. Her name is Liza, much much like Liza Minnelli, if anybody <laughs> is is familiar. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's an interesting foray that we've taken into the world of dog owning. And she's a sweetheart. So, shout out to Liza. I, ho- I know she's listening. <laughs>
2: Well, congrats, man.
0: Thank you. But with that being said, um, I think we can call this first half a wrap yep. to be said. We can we can put it on the leash and take it out for a walk, much like
2: I'm going to be doing with my dog on the break. Wow, there he goes. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will catch you in the second half. Welcome back to Industry 4.0. This is Jeff Budzinski, still here with Matt Slavin and Irvin. Uh, Just a friendly reminder, you could look us up on all your favorite podcast mediums, including Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. And if you could just do us a favor and like, subscribe, share, and listen to us, uh, we'd really appreciate it. So guys, jumping into the second half, I know we've talked before about bug bounties, about hacks. Um, what do you guys think about this HBO story coming out where there's hackers who are going in and stealing script shows, and employee information?
0: Like we were saying the last week, they definitely listened to episode 13. These guys heard heard our cries for a standardization of bug bounties. Um, I think it's a good thing, though, in, in all seriousness. I I like that they saw that they had an issue they were hacked and instead of trying to arrest people for exploiting their service they're going to offer them bounties upwards of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. i really like this this is the right move that a company can do in the wake of a hack as big as it was granted i think i said to correct myself on a previous episode i think i said it was bigger than the sony hack this was not as big as a sony hack right so granted, it's not at that scale, but it's good to see that they're reacting to this in a positive way instead of like certain countries that I can think of that knee jerk and arrest people for yeah.
2: finding exploits. It's interesting that it's employee information tied in here, including actors and actresses. Uh, mm-hmm. That adds a different gravity yeah. to it. It'd be interesting mm-hmm.
1: to see what what type of what servers that got hacked was it emails was it uh just file servers that that had this information on them it'd be very interesting to see what type of access that they gained uh, I mean, in this hack cuz there's really interesting things coming out scripts uh shows employee information and yeah
0: yeah cuz yeah. the end of the article that we have from the Verge was saying that they published the home addresses and phone numbers of the stars yeah yep. so this is something that I think we should do. I just hit the microphone. This is something that I think that we should do to to promote... Instead of just, like, someone exploiting something and sending it to their friends and or releasing this publicly or doing something, it's good to have this baseline of incentivizing someone to give it to the producer first in return for a bounty. Because I'm pretty sure that whoever got that data, if they decided that there was a quarter million their bug bounty with something like this then i'm pretty sure they would have turned that in responsibly instead of leaking it in the way they did it's
2: kind of like yeah. a to, a tech hostage situation you know like <laughs> you yeah. you find an exploit you get this information of value and then you're paid to pretty much like explain away how it happened
0: yeah i'm pretty sure these people enjoy selling that to um news articles too um like selling it selling the information to whoever would pay the most for it if they wanted that data cache, Like if first, if they managed to get a hold of an episode before it officially airs or something like that.
2: Do you think that HBO is going to be the only um, company affected by this? Because, I mean, mm. I, I'd imagine well, they have a pretty good IT support system there.
1: Well, at least if not, they do now. Yeah, so. or they right. will. Tony yeah, I thought guess. the same thing. Tony said <laughs> they had a pretty good IT <laughs> system too. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: did the entire US voting system? And yeah, then right. DEF CON and then, happened we, and they yeah, run we over that last quickly. week. <laughs> nothing is unhackable. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Nothing. Yeah.
0: If, if anything okay. we've learned from talking about various security breaches
2: on this show. Yeah, I'm sensing a theme is. here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And I, it's something that, uh, like, I mean, I, it sounds like a broken record, but it needs to be standardized. There needs to be. Some structure to responsibly disclose um, any kind of flaw and uh, the fact that they weren't doing that before only pushes it pushes people the other way. I, I mean, like I said, it's it's there's not much else you can really dig deep into. It's it's an important discussion that not many people are having.
2: I mean, do you think so, do you think that hackers are doing this for the money? I think they're doing it for the notoriety and like kind of the like anarchy of it. Because that, I mean, that's, that
0: too. Um, but I think that now they'll just be doing it for the money.
2: If you if so. you find a hacker this good, Microsoft has money. HBO has money. They could hire some of these guys. For a lot of money per year, and probably wind up saving money as a result, at least having peace of mind as a result um and I don't know how, but I'm assuming that they're losing money in some way from this content being leaked um certainly not the best thing that their their employees' information's being given out I don't know mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think about like companies like this potentially hiring hackers?
1: I mean it's been done before for sure um where they convert quote-unquote black hat hatter uh hackers where they're the bad guys into white hat ones where they're working for the company they're so good that they rather just hire them to work for them to find exploits and that's definitely happened before but i think it might be a good uh job offer to lend to these guys to say hey you want to work for us right and Not to have a sudden realization partway through,
0: um, I hadn't had a chance to review the full article um, on The Verge, but this is apparently that they had reached out with the bug bounty um, to the hackers before they released. So this was offered to those hackers before they released this information in an email that The Verge confirmed was a real email that was sent. So it looks like that these hackers did this purely for like you said jeff destruction's sake like just doing it just for the lulls or for getting this out to the public so it looks like they tried
2: do we know if so, uh do we know if these hackers were thwarted in any way or did they get to get in get what they wanted and get out undetected until well, they it were, was released obviously
0: yeah Um, I think this, I mean, it worked, they, they published it. So whatever they intended to get, they got, I don't know what kind of a hack it was. I don't know what their goals were. I I can't speak to any of that, but I can speak to what we're seeing in the aftermath with the, um, I believe there actually, there was an episode that was leaked early and there were these, um, publications that had all the addresses and home phone numbers and stuff like that of celebrities and people who are on Game of Thrones. So, I mean, whatever they got, it's pretty valuable. So a lot of people had access to some spoilers a little bit
1: before the show actually aired on Sunday. Yeah. I refused to watch it. I had access to that leaked copy. I refused to watch it. I wanted to watch it with everyone else on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Yeah, we waited. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to I wanted
0: to watch it and support HBO. But um What should we call it? I'm curious to see um, like the way that this progresses. Um, But that being said, there's there's not much else that we can say to this. But hopefully, they standardize this and actually work to make it a formal bug bounty process. So that way, maybe if these hackers had known about the bug bounty process going in, they would have been more inclined to kind of release this to HBO before they released it to the public. So um, with that being said, um, Irvin, I don't know if you had any final points or Jeff before we segwayed on to the next topic. Um, But the next topic is probably near and dear to many iTunes and users of iPhones and Apple devices and people with um, unsortable MP3 players to begin with. Um, There has been a much like the the soundtracks of silent films in early history there has been a rising popularity of this silent 10 minute song in iTunes and i have to admit when i first saw this article i thought they were like i thought i, thought I was reading the onion or something like that um where someone per- purchases a song that is just 10 minutes of complete silence and the title of this song is called a a a a a very good song <laughs> so so that way no matter what it's in alphabetical order whenever it starts to play
1: yes and currently the iphone whenever you get into a car like bluetooth uh, it connects to bluetooth it just starts playing the first song alphabetically uh so the reason that this guy came up with this 10 minute silent song is that this is the song that plays when the first time that they get into the car so that you don't get just get blasted with with the first song in your in your library you get blasted with just silence so you don't get like uh inundated with music so you have time to like go ahead and pick whatever song that you actually want to play
2: a really Quite lazy but good idea
1: <laughs> it is yeah well actually an artist did uh sim- a similar thing like an actual artist they released a um silent sort of album on itunes that and told their (laughs) fans to uh play um play it on i think it was on spotify to like just keep it on keep their computers on at night and just play it put the entire album on loop and just keep playing it um so that they could rack up like the the money that they were getting from the streaming rights
2: oh interesting
1: Uh, and then spotify shut them down (laughs) (laughs) I can't not be- not far far from that. I can't <laughs> believe this this
2: guy is at sixty seven on the iTunes chart. I'm not sure which chart this is, but he's on sixty seventh on a chart. He's ahead of Selena Gomez and Fifth Harmony and Kendrick Lamar and Chainsmokers. Mm-hmm. Which
0: And it's just it's l- quite literally the sound of silence.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> the next level of Simon and Garfunkel. I'm I'm on the iTunes page for this song and the
0: reviews are amazing there's this, <laughs> the one of the reviews it's a five-star review calling this a modern masterpiece it says <laughs> samir's debut is an objective masterpiece making every day truly wonderful the slick lines and verbal ingenuity show this is truly a song that can go with any venue and work perfectly
2: you know what man <laughs> by the by a lot of definitions it is art I mean, you, you have, like, stage shows of, like, I've, what's, like, the weirdest? St- oh, there was, there was a art school. I can't remember the one. I read an article about this a while ago, though. And there was a performance done by one of the students where she opened a jar of pickles or something like that. And, like, all, her mm-hmm. whole class watched, and it was an artistic performance that, like, was accepted by her peers. A, a song that's oh all silence. Like, it's not a, it's not a stretch from something like that to be called art
1: i just played the the 20 second preview hope you hope you guys liked it um oh
0: man i knew (laughs) it sounded so good i was i was having a hard time not responding to it (laughs) the this review gets even better it's it goes on to say um this piece of art is without a doubt the greatest thing i've witnessed since betty white sliced bread in the early mesolithic age an absolute tour de force 11 out of 10 would recommend
2: <laughs> it's so good um you know i but it, my, oh, go ahead my so what i did i had i actually suffered from this this problem you guys are not iphone users i know I, you, you are where i am some of our listeners are where i am um i used to whenever i plugged my phone into my car to charge because it says usb port which by the way i have a sidebar um after this at some point, but when I, whenever I plug it in, what happens is if you have music, the iTunes app on your phone, it opens and plays the first song in your library every every time. And at one point in time, let me think of what, what, what I had. I had um, Abacab by Genesis that would always come on first. And then I got rid of a bunch of stuff because I was like, I'm really sick of this Genesis song. It's like, I see it in my nightmares. I hear it in my nightmares. And then it was a a Third Eye Blind blind song from a random album that started with AB. And then I took that off and I got Ace of Spades by Motorhead. And like, I hate these songs now because it happened so much. <laughs> They're, some of them are okay these... songs, but I hate them. So this guy is just releasing silence. It's probably like a miracle to people who suffer from things like that. Right. You
0: know, Irvin, the same thing you and I would actually probably relate to this. this. A similar thing I think happens on the Google Play Music streaming service. Um, whenever I start a playlist on Android Auto in Google Play, no matter what I do, it's always starts with the first song in the playlist and then it will shuffle from there. Hmm. So this is a hilarious and completely ingenious way to solve a problem that like without waiting for some kind of a development change or something like that.
2: I don't know if and, I'd like that one though. Cause if it's in a playlist and you're trying to shuffle music, you don't want 10 minutes of silence before it gets going.
0: Yeah. Well, if it's, if hopefully if the shuffling logic is any good it won't play again until the very end of your music library when that's it starts fine. over that's fine yeah yeah so but then again you make it after it shuffles if you listen to the whole thing at that point it may move into something where the next time it shuffles through randomly through you may get a, a brief bit of silence but um with that being said I think it's hilarious that this is probably the first time that I've been on the iTunes web store in maybe 3 or 4 years and the thing that did it was literally silence. <laughs> <laughs> like not a song that I liked, not a new album coming out that's exclusive on iTunes, but literally 10 minutes of sheer silence. <laughs>
1: This is it, props to this guy. He's he's making 99 cents or whatever 30 70% of that whatever Apple Takes from that. Yeah, and you can even do it as an Apple music
0: subscriber. You can just add it to your playlist which is really nice and Proof that not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes come at 99 cents per download
2: <laughs> 99 cents per download for silence the guy is making money off of nothing yeah. Great. he's making money out of the most common ambient noise yeah. 2017 yeah it's, it's, the, new it's duck, great. the new duck face it is <laughs> um
0: they were saying that also many will surely point out that you could do this manually by making your own blank song and add it to your phone yep. but i mean 99 cents for not having to do that is a fair trade-off yeah and also 99 cents is being contributed to possibly one of the smartest people out there.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? About? I'm thinking about naming this episode's file, like a million A's in a row. So that if people download hey, it hey, on their hey, phone, they'll hey. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Nonstop A's, like 20 A's and then aardvark and then the name of the episode. I think we have a show title. <laughs> I, think, I think we do. Hey, we hey, do. hey very good show. <laughs> Nailed it. I like it. That's, oh. Yeah, that's almost as good as Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs>
0: We're witnessing the birth of a meme, ladies oh and gentlemen. <laughs> Love it. So good. But, um,
1: so moving on from that, uh, so the computer that the guy probably was using to create that amazing song of silence, the amount of cores that he must have needed to render that song for reason or logic, whatever software he was really using, must have is been it a multiple of four.
2: You <laughs> must be using Ryzen's a, new Threadripper CPU. Was it, was it a uh, was it a USA voting booth? <laughs> no, Sorry. I don't think so. I don't I don't think it
1: was running uh Vin- Windows CE or Windows XP. This isn't Vote Ripper, it's Thread Ripper. Red Ripper. Um, so AMD's uh what they call beastly 16-core Ryzen Threadripper CPU has launched officially today uh, which is just a, th- uh, a monstrous CPU at $1,000 for 16 cores. It's just a thousand dollars. That's, that's nothing. But compare that to what Intel was offering for about half those cores for twice the money. Yeah. Previous, uh, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's 16 cores. That's 32 hyperthreaded cores or whether, yeah. Um, so you'll see two cores available to your computer uh, to be used and that's not even the main part the the biggest fact the biggest spec that i saw in this is there are i think 60 60 pci lanes available to the cpu so um, uh, on a computer you have all these devices usb graphics cards expansion slots all these Uh, devices take up PCI lanes. Um, So pretty much just think of it just like a regular highway lane. The more you have, the more data you can flow through it. Um, This CPU has 64 data lanes available to it. So that means that you can run a four-way SLI setup at full speed. If you would have done that on an an Intel system previously, you would have to Uh, slow down all of the cards that you're doing the sli on you're doing like four-way sli right perhaps half speed on all the cards to get them all working together but now you can run all four at the same speed uh which is kind of crazy and Um, the
0: the big takeaway with these chips is that it's directly competing with a chip a thousand dollars more expensive than it yeah and at minimum, seven hundred dollars more expensive if you wanted to stay Intel and go with a higher chip. So, for in terms of compute power per dollar, this is like hands down the most powerful CPU you can get a hold of for multitasking. And anybody that maybe not specifically for gaming, it's going to be great for gaming regardless if it's paired with a good if it's if it's paired with a good build enough RAM, enough graphics. But when you're looking at things like doing actual productivity, whether it's software development, whether it's Photoshop, whether it's rendering, whether it's doing any kind of like 3D modeling or streaming like I am today. Streaming, yeah. You were saying that your <laughs> four cores aren't holding up. <laughs> and these are 16 hard cores. These aren't virtual cores, right? So
1: if this is two total virtual cores. Um, so yeah, actual cores, which is ridiculous. Right. So this is
0: This is like, if you're building a computer and you do any kind of productivity on it, you want to do anything, whether it's hosting a podcast or doing any kind of work, this is hands down the top of the line chip for the cost right now. Intel sports slightly better clock speeds and slightly better. So if you're trying to push your computer to the maximum limit possible, then sure, go Intel if you can afford it. But chances are you're going to see the price tags and the sticker shock of AMD isn't going to be nearly as bad. So I think that's that's impressive. And I'm I'm like reading the the article they had linked on the information about the Threadripper CPU. And um, I really think that Intel has they better be nervous because AMD ARM all these other cpus qualcomm they're catching up yeah they're catching up fast
1: um, um you, jeff you just built a pc what what are your thoughts on this
2: I was actually going to ask you guys a similar question all right um, uh, what, do um you, what do you think about the price oh. point is this is this something you'd actually splurge that much money on if i needed it yes If I,
1: yeah, if I had the use case for it that would need it some kind of that much computing power, yes. Currently, Mm -hmm. no, I don't, I wouldn't, I would just probably go at a high end regular Ryzen uh, CPU, um, with the amount of performance that it's offering compared to the money that you're going to spend, not got, not go the full Threadripper uh, route. I don't need that many threads, but if I had. The need for it, I would definitely go for this because the amount of money that you're spending, to what amount of performance that you're getting is huge. Yeah, I mean
2: and the the amount of cores I you're would, getting is like ridiculous with this thing, and as yeah. well as Intel's. But for the price that this is at, that's that's like insane. I mean, I like you were just mentioning, I just built my own my own uh, desktop rig recently, and I I. Just, in my mind, splurged on about a $400 processor. It was this uh, Intel's 7700K CPU, Mm -hmm. which has, you know, a higher clock speed and you can boost it to a way higher clock speed. But after hearing about reviews where people do that, sometimes it fries the CPU. I haven't done that, um, even though I have a cooling unit. But this thing has 16 cores. That's ridiculous. That's a new age of computing. And it makes me a little mad that I bought the processor I did when <laughs> I did. Because like it's it's like the last one in the old generation, you know? It's, yeah.
1: And if, if, even if you want half those cores. So they offer a 1900X uh, with eight cores and 16 threads for 500, $550. Right. That'll and be available at the end of this month, uh, which is closer to the price range that you paid for the, uh, your i7. Uh, yeah. I'll check. Yeah, exactly, yeah, so.
2: and 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 like for for that price point, that's an awesome deal because like the amount of cores you get is a ridiculous performance increase. It it shares the burden of the PC and allows you to perform more calculations. Um, right. So like, it's it's frustrating. Like like hearing about this, reading <laughs> about this. Like yeah, I'm a little. I'm like kind of like itchy. But you know that feeling when you're itchy because you're like frustrated. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that, how I feel,
0: but you don't you actually do productivity, which I can understand that's why you'd want something
2: like this. Because yeah. this is a monster. I, I do a lot of but, things at once, but
0: yeah. So that being said, this probably doesn't this probably is a something that the average person building their desktop won't need. Because right. I would argue that the benefits of this for gaming will be minimal at most. Because right. unless you're playing some brand new like CPU intensive game that actually takes advantage of multiple cores. Most computers and most games, uh not not most computers, most games that are out take advantage of only a couple of cores and they're they're locked that way.
1: If you're playing like sims or CIF5, something that some games that are really CPU intensive, you're not gonna see any gains from running this type of system. Mm-hmm. This is
0: purely for someone who needs to render and who needs to do very, very, inte- like, like rendering 4k video, rendering 3d models in now, since we have like the AR kit, um, it's not, and it may not be for a Mac, but just doing VR work in general. Um, this is incredibly valuable. You, you guys, This is a massive you guys value say, add for those.
2: You say that now, but like, what, what would you have said about 4k a couple of years ago with gaming mm-hmm. and things like that? Like, vr a couple of years ago you would have said the same thing oh no one no one needs that for gaming no one needs that for this i think that yeah. now that this technology is out there th- like there's going to be different platforms that adapt to it just like every yeah oh you're
0: definitely going to see that i'm the point that i'm making is just that for the average person they're just looking for the higher fps yeah and higher fps does not necessarily mean a more expensive cpu Correct. is required so right. Right. yeah you could easily just save that money and pick up a sixth gen i5 and just splurge on the graphics card and you'd be just as fine yeah you're right yeah um. so that's i mean it's it's getting to the point where intel is quickly becoming a waste of money though because i look at those seventh gen intel chips and they're good for gaming but you can probably get away with a Skylake versus a cabbie lake so and, people, and have people made, marginal yeah. performance
1: differences yeah Yep. So, uh, speaking of Intel's next gen, they just announced, uh, I think today this, the release date for their eighth generation, um, yeah. okay. Coffee Lake, what they call <sighs> coffee. Lake. Coffee lake, That's the code name for it. That's my lake. So uh, today that they're going to be releasing or announcing them on, uh, 21st of August, uh, to show off. I think it, a lot of it is, uh to to counteract what amd has been doing uh good (laughs) intel has been infuriating to follow for the past
0: couple of generations because they've gotten comfortable they're getting lax they're not they're not innovating much
1: and then (laughs) what's that so the august 21st uh i have to just share this uh with you because it's just funny hilarious uh the the reveal is on august 21st that's the same day as the american solar eclipse that's happening oh yeah um so this article sta- states that or asked the question the very important question will intel eclipse the competition <sighs> <clears throat> <laughs>
2: Do you know how much much flack I catch for telling people I have an Intel processor or an NVIDIA uh, graphics card? Everyone's like, oh, if I knew that, I wouldn't have talked to you. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) It's like the equivalent of being like a green text on like an iPhone.
2: Yeah. It's It's the same thing for an iPhone all the time. You guys said that to me for having an iPhone. It's the same thing. I'm your basic tech guy, I guess. I get the good stuff, but it's the stuff no one likes.
0: Yeah. Cool. I mean intel hopefully can bring it back because i i i still like caution it's becoming it's becoming very amd is becoming very seductive with their cpus that are coming out yeah a lot of people were kind of skeptical about it because amd in the past has not been the greatest for computing and the greatest for much of anything it's always been a better value for the money to just go and upgrade to an intel right but that being said Intel has has been absolutely like it's been a major sore point with me to follow them because their they're generations as they release them, it's like, oh, 10% improvement on clock speeds. And like you were saying, if you overclock your chip, you might fry it. Well, because
2: that's, that's something that's on them with this chip in specific. But yeah,
0: the way that yeah. the, the thing that I actually heard about that chip with that particular problem is that. It's not necessarily in the chip hardware itself. It's in the thermal paste between the lid and the actual CPU. Hmm. So between that silver part on the top of the CPU and the actual board. Yeah. Um, and a lot of users have been delitting their CPUs using 3D printed delitters and then applying a higher-end thermal paste to it and then reseeding that lid. It's
2: it's funny you mention that because when I got the CPU, I got Arctic Silver, which is a thermal paste I've used in the past on repairs Mm -hmm. with like red red red-ringing Xboxes and things like that, and it's worked great. Mm -hmm. So I I got it again and I was like, okay, I'm gonna use this on my CPU, but then um, it had paste on it and I was like, okay, this seems acceptable, I'm just gonna leave it be. Now hearing Mm -hmm. that from you reading articles in the past and this issue with the overclocking, it makes me wonder, I should probably just shut this bad boy off for a night and take some alcohol swabs to it, get that stuff off of there. And then it's not even that it's the stuff under the silver part. It's that right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's stuff that they don't give you. You need a special type of paste in order to reapply. And um, they sell these like. You need to watch videos on YouTube of people delitting their CPUs like I'm pretty sure I like audibly screamed when I saw it happen for the first time because like they have this mechanism that you have to like smack it off of the table and it just like throws the silver plate into the air like it's expending like a shell from a gun or something and it just like flies across and they like lands wherever and then the CPU has been safely deleted like any wrong slip and you're snapping that chip in half.
2: Yep. it was was weird enough like attaching it to the motherboard you know where you have to like use those clips and press it down it's like am i gonna Mm -hmm. crack this thing yeah taking but like that is a different story
0: yeah yeah that's like this would be the equivalent of like taking one of the resistors like the resistors on your motherboard and just flat out ripping it off the motherboard yeah (laughs) like that's like that's like what it is to me like when i saw that happen like i i felt like a like I felt a cringe just like wash over me from like, holy crap, they have to do this in order to actually get good temperatures. And they're like, Once I did that, and then I put the paste back on and then I reseeded the lid, it it was fine. It worked great. I was actually able to overclock it further. And my temps are normal. So but you can pick up those delitters on eBay and stuff. People are 3D printing them and
1: selling them online. But uh, well, this thing, I think back Back to into a little bit. I think they got comf- too comfortable being on mm-hmm. top. They did for this long, really long time that they've been like the number one. They just kept beating AMD in every single part that they were putting out, and AMD had really hard time catching up. And now they finally did. And now it's like we said earlier, we keep repeating this line, but competition is good. The more people that come out with better stuff they try to compete with each other the more benefits the users uh to to get them better processors faster and and better performance and things like that Mm. yeah i'm happy that amd finally got it right and they're doing really good stuff because that means intel is just gonna have to up their game uh, that much more
0: it's like the opposite of what happened with nvidia nvidia that is like for some reason generating their own competition because of that yeah. they like randomly dumped two billion dollars into their r&d and we're like pascal architecture and everybody was like yes and now their stock is up like 1400 percent from where it was
2: before and you say randomly so, and you say what randomly. was that your audio a little bit i said and you said randomly their stock oh, prices yeah. jumps up and you think it's random
0: it's a coincidence. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. oh, I wonder how this happened. But like, <laughs> yeah, Intel needs, and in, and and in order to do this, Intel needs like a swift kick in the butt from another competitor in order to realize, oh yeah, we're we should be trying to push computing forward, yeah. etc. But like, I, don't, I think that we're getting towards the the plateau of yeah um, sure. of Moore's law in terms of raw compute power. We're we're at, like, we're at peak smartphone. We're at peak computer. You can get away with most about anything with a good Intel chip or a, new, or a good Ryzen CPU. You, you really can't go wrong either way if you're looking for a gaming solution. But this 16-core beast is going to be a monster for anybody who wants to run any kind of productivity apps. And Interesting. I fully support that.
2: I mean, I'm sure that there's thought about this, but I wonder like, if there's the possibility for process like almost like using your cpu as a network of itself like accomplishing like i know that they're designed to accomplish specific tasks you know and like Mm -hmm. when one gets done they like do it efficiently so that they line up where it gets done as fast as possible and efficient as efficiently as possible i'm curious to see like how i feel like the software side has to evolve to utilize it now and i'm curious to see how that's going to happen the machine, yeah, it's going like, to be an assembly language. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And on that same note, I'm wondering also what could happen to uh, machine learning builds with more compute power, and even more so, I wonder if this could potentially even benefit crypto, being able to dedicate more processing power to just computations, using more cores. I'm not sure how well that could work out because I don't know enough about the process of crypto and what goes into that and what what the load on the CPU is. But I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see where where the fields go as people have more power in the palm of their hands and in, in their computers to be able to actually do this because it's coming down to the consumer. So you're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff coming out from consumers and from hobby developers and people who just want to push this to its limits and see what it can do. Yeah, but totally. With, yeah, so but with that being said, um, if anybody had any closing thoughts on the topics, anything they wanted to cover before we wrap the episode up, I think...
2: Nothing on a topic can... for me. I have a few comments, though.
0: You do? All right, shoot, go for it.
2: So I just wanted to throw a, little, a couple of plugs out there um, while we have the listeners on. Uh, first off, okay. he couldn't be with us tonight, but please uh, do do him a favor. Check out our guy Kyle um, on Facebook. You can look him up if you just search him on Google. Check out On Air with Kenan and Kyle, that's Keenan and Kyle. That's K E E N A N and Kyle K Y L E. Great wrestling podcast, guys. If you're into that kind of thing, check him out. Uh, and for mm-hmm. me. Uh, working on beats whenever I have the time uh, soundcloud.com slash freh that's f-r-e-h uh, I do have some exciting projects coming up that I'm not going to comment on in detail yet but you guys Ooh. will hear about it and it's going to be awesome so please stay I tuned. gotta turn on my soundcloud notifications uh, <laughs> you might actually be seeing things on youtube and facebook more but Ooh. Yeah, we'll see okay
0: I'll have to plug your new stuff in upcoming episodes
2: oh absolutely
0: yes um as for myself the android stuff has been kind of put on hold while doggo gets adjusted so um i'm hoping to still get something out so it's still in the works so don't count me out for being able to join you guys in your in your plug fest <laughs> <laughs> we'll um ervin did you have anything you would like to plug while yeah. you're here
1: i know yeah, if you guys want to check out my Instagram page, uh, follow some of the photography that I do on there. Go to Instagram.com irvin Uh It's E-R-V-I-N dot Lucas, L-U-K-A-C-S. And also check out Wayne. I know he can make it today, but uh, Wayne uh, on Instagram is epic. We'll have the links to his Instagram as well in the show notes if you want to check. Yeah and also I mean, his flickr account yeah, too
2: let's plug his flickr yes. real quick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flickr. i don't have
0: the exact url in front of me got it to have right that, here. But if...
2: yeah it's uh flickr.com that's f-l-i-c-k-r.com photos slash wayne r thompson nice all right and
0: then yeah like we said all that will be in the show notes as well as any of the links that we talked about today so as well as the commenting that will be for the uh, FCC on the first half. That will be in the Facebook page. We'll post a link separately at a at a future date on how to publish a comment on there. So with that being said, um, this has been Industry 4.0. You guys can find us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. My personal favorite is Pocket Casts for Android. Um, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, any of your apps that you might use as well as all the social media that you can think of under the sun this episode has also been live streamed on twitch so i think this is going to be our settled platform going forward so please uh follow us on twitch if you would like um same thing goes for youtube feel free to subscribe to us um that channel is a little more open so hopefully we can get some more diverse content in there aside from just podcasts so With that being said, uh, this has been Industry 4.0, Episode 14, and thanks for joining us today.